So welcome to a bonus episode of Streamed and Screen. We're going to be rowing to an interview that Bruce did with some of the stars and, and folks uh, who were involved in the show Avenue 5. Isn't this where I go, bonus, 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 bonus? Bonus. That is where you went there. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, it's fascinating because, you know, with the pandemic, a lot of shows got put on hold and you wondered, did they just end? Did they disappear? What's the deal with this? And that was Avenue 5. It was one of those ones that shut down during the pandemic and people wondered if it was just over or not. And it, it wasn't. It's still going. Um, it's back now for a second season. And I got a chance to talk to Lenora Critchlow and Zach Woods, who play two of the people behind the facade of what this space trip is all about. She's an engineer. He's a customer representative. And they know the secrets that this uh, shuttle may not get back to Earth in eight years. Can you give a little bit of a kind of a rundown of the show itself? Because I know it's season two, but... It wasn't a show that I think a lot of people saw that first season of. So what is the, what's the loose premise of it? I know it's sci-fi. You know, it's the idea that we're all going to be space tourists at some point. We're all going to be going up in a shuttle. And it's really a lot of rich people who are difficult to deal with. Josh Gad plays the inventor or the creator of this whole concept. And he happens to be on board this one because he thinks it's going to be the next big thing. Well, he's just as freaked out because he's just one of the normal people in the whole group. And in the second season, they have found out that they're go it's going to take longer than the eight weeks they had planned. And it's probably going to be eight years, which means there isn't enough food. There isn't enough entertainment. And everybody is a whiner. So you see a lot of um, it's if you got caught with Elon Musk and. Bill Gates and all those people up in space. Here's what you'd find out that they're really like. Sounds awful. That sounds terrible. It, I mean, it also, the, the kind of basic synopsis makes me think of Gilligan's Island a little bit. It is so Gilligan's Island set for another, yeah, another century. And it's interesting because you realize that there's kind of a Wizard of Oz element to this. There are actors who are playing like they're the ship's captain, but really they don't know a thing about how to run it. That's Hugh Laurie. He plays the faux captain who tries to engender some kind of um, confidence. And when you see he doesn't know a thing, it bothers the real brains behind the, uh, the outfit, which is Lenora Critchlow's Billy. She's an engineer who knows everything about running this ship, but they will never give her credit for it. And that is on HBO Max. Right. Or HBO, I guess, if you have yet to, to cut the cable. It starts this week, and then you'll, it'll be spilling out over a series of weeks. So everybody's got time to, to binge the first season. Is it Armando Iannucci? Right. The guy behind Veep. Yeah, and Zach Woods has had the opportunity to work with a lot of those kind of creative geniuses like Armando. He also worked on The Office. He was one of the people in The Office, and he got to work with Greg Daniels, who's brilliant. He was on Silicon Valley and he was with Mike Judge. So he has this kind of insight into that mindset and how they create these characters. And you'll hear him talk about that as well. So it was fun talking to them. And they were talking a lot about, you'll hear in the interview about improv and how that plays out for them with people like Hugh Laurie, who's just 
a brilliant genius at improving on the show. So this was our, our shot to talk to them for Avenue 5. After this brief little pause, we'll have the interview. What took you guys so long to get back? I, uh, I like two years. What is this? I wouldn't come out of my trailer. Yeah, he's being such an ass for like years. I like developed like a whole cottage industry in there. I opened an Etsy store from my trailer, and they were like, "You've got to come to set." And I was like, "No, no, I have to finish bedazzling these bird houses." Isn't that the way it is? That's the way it is. You got to have a black plan. What was that COVID time though? Was it really like being trapped on a ship? The real pandemic, when we fell into the pandemic, we went into lockdown. I did suddenly think, oh, our show's suddenly way more relevant. And that was exciting. But I have no idea what it would be like to be stuck on a ship, genuinely. I think it would be even more harrowing because you're, you can't step outside. At least in the pandemic, you could step outside. Where would you two fall in, in that group of people? I mean, you're the smart ones. You're the ones who have the answers. But where would you actually be? Hmm, who do you think you'd be, Zach? I think I'd be the same person I am on planet Earth, which is the one sort of unhelpfully radiating angst without providing much in the way of contributions, intellectual or otherwise. <laughs> and I think I'd be the one absorbing angst and <laughs> yeah. radiating um, pragmatic, practical ideas, just like Billy. Do you guys ever look at the characters and say, oh, I wish I could be playing that character instead of mine? That's funny. I look at the other people and I think I wish I could be living that actor's life instead of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I want that Josh Gad money is what I want, <laughs> That's right? right? That's right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Don't we all? Yeah. I think I'm, I don't know that I, I do that. I think, honestly, I'm so positive about this past, but it's it really is genuine, which I don't know if that makes it easier to, to hear, but I can't imagine anyone else playing the characters. They're so, every, every actor has made the characters so much their own, that to me, that's, that's who they are now. From even just the styling of them, like the way that they look, the hairstyles and the clothes and everything, I can't imagine playing anyone else. And I do really love Billy. I like- Do you really? Yeah. She seems so unappreciated though. She's an, quite a bit of a but I really like her. She, <laughs> I think she's her low tolerance and her, she's got a drive that kind of, I find fun to play, gets through a scene. Um, and I, I lucky, I'm very lucky that I play so much with Hugh. He's very like easy to work with and gives so much that I love playing Billy. That watching those two, watching uh, Lenora and Hugh and Billy and Ryan interact is one of the, one of the great pleasures of being on that show the sort of secondhand the 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 obvious mutual admiration and adoration between those two actors is so nice to be around you know that you fall into these little couplets on set mm -hmm. sometimes and like I feel like you guys just seem like such pals and Hughes obviously thinks you're a genius because you are and vice versa you know so it's really nice to be around does Hugh ad lib a lot though yeah yeah I think everyone's kind of um, given license to and kind of encouraged to and what's so nice is that the other actors are always ready to catch whatever you throw some of us are better at it than others I will say that Zach is a master improviser 
but I think it's definitely an environment where you're encouraged to bring as much of yourself as you like, really. Hugh is also yeah. someone who has that like annoying British thing where when he's improvising, it sounds like something that is as eloquent and refined as something it would have taken American like a week and a half to write. Like he yeah. just humbling from his mouth are these fully realized sort of poetic acerbic things where you're just like, how the f does your mind synthesize that? So, I mean, he's just remarkable at it. He's so, he's so effortlessly um, descriptive, I think. He can improvise with a pause. Like yeah. I, he, he improvises around the words so beautifully. That's one thing I, I honestly, I love watching him do. And, and then often it's stuff that I, like in season one, I'd watch it and I'd watch the scene and I'd be like, he's like, I, I only see it when I'm watching him on screen. He's just, I don't know if that makes sense to improvise around the words, but he's basically making, telling story all the time and making more of whatever the script is always, I think. Was there ever talk that you would use a British accent? Me, no. Why no. not? I don't know. Billy was American. Yeah, I think because because there, there was something about um, the crew being um, cast by Judd and that they because they were they, they're really a facade, the crew, that there was some it felt like it originated in America in Judd's brain. So they were Americans. You're also giving us well the, the credit, right? Yeah. There's no British engineers also in the world. We don't have, we, we did, yeah, we haven't invented them yet. I believe it. Okay, so that makes perfect sense to me, right? Yeah. Zach, you've gotten to work with a lot of these creative geniuses who, you know, write and then and produce these things. What is, is there a through line through all of them that you go, okay, that's what it is? I mean, it's a very boring answer, but I guess it's people who I think are funny and who I admire. I think, um, I guess a lot of the people who I've worked with have this characteristic, which is that they have such keen eyesight about what makes people ridiculous, that when I'm with them, I feel slightly self-conscious because I'll hear my own voice differently in their presence, or I'll hear the things I say or the way I carry myself, because I know I can see from the scripts and the things they've made that they are so attuned to the, their, their antenna are so pricked to whatever is obnoxious, overblown, self-aggrandizing about people that I'm so scared that if I say the one, anything, and I'm sure I do constantly, uh, that it will be sort of caught by those antenna. And so I guess I'd say the unifying characteristic of the creative geniuses I've worked with is that I feel self-conscious around them. Ah, do you see yourself in this, in this mold that they, like, they want to put you in? where you know more than maybe you let on? In, you mean in the show? In, the, in real life, do you say, you know, why am I not playing this kind of a person? Because you always seem to play very with it, or at least they, they know more than what you think they should. Oh, that's interesting. I, uh, no, I try to, I try not to consider the characters too much from the outside in and try to focus more on the inside out. Even in a comedy, I think like once you start thinking about your character's function in too, too much of an alienated way, then you can start doing shtick. Whereas if you try to stay just in the kind of mind of the character, it, it's less likely to get um, ham-fisted. I don't know if that makes any sense. Sure. Would you both want to go on a trip like this or you go, oh God, no, this is never going to happen. 
it's not that I would want to go to space, but I would just want to hang out with the people who are going to space. These wonderful <laughs> billionaires who are just so connected to the truest experience of human life. You know, these, these wonderful men who go up into space at enormous expense um, and seem to brag about it with no self-awareness. Uh, Those are, if I could just hang out with all the space tourists here on earth, that's all I would ever ask for. I a cocktail a party. party as well. <laughs> exactly, a Which, nightmare sociopath cocktail party. The timing of these billionaires going to space, I, I always think they have impeccable timing um, when they <laughs> announce. It's like just when everyone else really wants to hear that. <laughs> and we want we want you to spend your money on those things that really make a lot of sense yeah. to the rest of us right that's right that's it's right like, it's like a warm hug <laughs> um, would you go would i go you know the, the idea of a cruise never really appealed to me i think i have a bit of a claustrophobic thing about being stuck somewhere and then having a you know and like i can't an inhabitable surrounded by something that where i can't leave uh, yeah, that doesn't sound incredibly fun, but then sometimes you, you do things just for the sound of it. <laughs> like we, I, a friend of ours was telling us yesterday that she went to the top of Kilimanjaro and she described how amazing it was, but she described the actual going up and it sounds horrific. Like it was a horrible experience, but she gets to say she did it. So it's kind of cool. I think I'd like to say I went to space. I don't know if I really want to go to space. All I wanted for is the Christmas card right you, you get up there you take a little selfie and we're good we're that's, good that's the point yeah hey thank you guys so much and good luck with this and don't wait two years to do another season okay no thank we you. we still pass that on thank you bye bruce so that's the show thank you so much for listening uh next week we'll be back with all things halloween new David Gordon Green will have been out in theaters and also on Peacock streaming day and date. So Bruce and I will talk about tropes. The things that really bug us, the things that bug us about <laughs> Halloween films, because I have stepped to these things how many years and come on, there's got to be something new, right? They never pay the electrical bill, but I digress. <laughs> So make sure that you're subscribed if you aren't already so that you can make sure that you get our Halloween talk in your podcast player inbox next week. And like we always say around these parts, see something good, maybe even the new Halloween.